link of your Content provided by the people, right here on 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Thursday, September 9th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Springfield has been ranked the fifth most dangerous area for violent and property crime. The analysis was done by SafeWise.com using data reported from cities to the FBI. SafeWise.com found that the most dangerous cities tended to have higher poverty rates, lower spending on community services, and higher unemployment. Although these statistics aren't keeping people from the area, a majority of the most dangerous cities saw population growth in 2021. Springfield Armory is donating guns and equipment to the City of Lake Ozark Police Department. Springfield Armory CEO Dennis Reese is donating enough weapons and equipment to equip every officer of Lake Ozark Police. Reese and his family have long been involved with the Bagnell Dam Strip and said in a statement that we wanted to do our part giving back to the area, helping to protect the strip for families to enjoy. A car crashed into the Kaiser Post Office on Highway 42 early Tuesday morning. The damage appeared to be localized to the entryway of the building. The post office didn't close after the incident and is currently still open for customers. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. One of our underwriters is Skelton Tactical, a retailer of firearms and military collectibles, and Skelton Key and Lock. Here's how Ike Skelton describes the locksmith side of the business. Uh, Skelton's Key and Lock for all of your lockout needs, anything you need for your car, your motorcycles, boats. Uh, if you stick a key in it, we work in it. We're at 6196 Osage Beach Parkway, 573-346-7375. Locksmith, you know, locksmiths even get into it depending on how they want to do their business they get into a door setting and uh the door closers that are on top of your on top of your doors you see at most commercial buildings uh we re-key locks a lot of people might even not even know that you can do that uh, instead of having to go out and buy new hardware if you lose all your keys or you're worried about somebody getting into your place that might have a key we can take it all apart change the guts make new keys for it put it back together and save you a bunch of money Bikers Against Child Abuse, BACA, exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children to not feel afraid of the world in which they live. We stand ready to lend support to our wounded friends by involving them with an established, united organization. If you'd like to know more about BACA, please visit our website at bacaworld.org or call one 866 71 abuse. Hi, it's KB inviting you to join me for my new radio program, The Daily Show. I'll keep you up to date on the latest happenings at the Lake of the Ozarks and talk to the people who are involved in and with our great community. Join me for the live show from 8 a.m. until 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. We'll also rebroadcast the show twice daily at 4 p.m. and again at midnight. It's The Daily Show at keyradio.live and on 89.3 The Key. 
I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Expo. If worldview has such a powerful hold over people, how do we overcome it? Hillary Clinton's mentor, Saul Alinsky, advocated a ruthless process of fragmenting society into classes, using ridicule and peer pressure to change people's minds. Alinsky believed that honorable people would be helpless because they would continue to seek the high road, and the low road would overwhelm them. Donald Trump astutely shook things up by not being such a high road conservative, and the Alinsky-inspired media has gone nuts over it. It's highly entertaining, maybe even game-changing, but not a strategy Bible believers can embrace. We are called to be salt and light in order to overcome the worldview of the enemy. The hero of a superhero show was told that his real power was his goodness. The Lord's goodness is our superpower, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this present darkness. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niagara River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. programming provided by you on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3, The Key. And welcome in. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Daily show underway on this Thursday, the 9th day of September. And how do I know it's September 9th? Well, today is my son's birthday. He's 26 years old. Spoke with him this morning, and uh, he's, <laughs> I guess, maybe feeling the pain of a little pre, uh, pre-birthday festivities that they had uh, last night. Really? What does your What does your son do? Where is he? He is up in Columbia. He Columbia. works for a, a company called Banker's Life, and uh, he and his girlfriend. Uh, I guess they're getting ready to take off and head to South Carolina in the middle of the uh, middle of the month. Head down that uh, that way, and uh, I think when he comes back, 
he's going to have uh, some major news to share with the uh, with the family, and I'm not going to say anything more than Ooh. that. Yes, 57 degrees, as you can hear the voice of Bill Munhausen here with us at the Key Gathering Place on South Business Five, where you are. Welcome to come in and join us. What's uh, new and exciting, Bill? Did you uh, get out and enjoy that beautiful weather yesterday? Well, actually, I didn't get out much. Uh, we went and played pickleball yesterday, so nice. I, I made my bi-weekly pickleball trip over to the YMCA. Good old pickleball. You were explaining to me how that works. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's like a form of tennis? It is. It's, it's played, well, we play indoors all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a smaller cord. It uses, instead of a racket with strings, it uses a paddle. Mm-hmm. And the paddles, it's like every other sport. It starts, started out with a wooden paddle, and then they got into fiberglass and all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> so it's got honeycombs in it, and it's all designed to give you more power. But anyhow, it uses a wiffle ball, kind of like the size of a baseball. And you play it over a net. And it's got kind of curious rules for a tennis player. I, I started out in tennis. Right, so, right. so in this thing, if you're the server, you're kind of at a disadvantage because you actually have to wait for the other person to return it, and it has to bounce one time before you can hit it again. So you're always on the defense trying to, to earn a point as when you're serving. Anyhow, to make a long story short, it's a great sport because it's very social. It's much... The games are much shorter than tennis. People have a lot of time on the sidelines to sit and visit. And then you go in and you play your 10-minute game and you're out again. So <laughs> it's kind of a lot more, it's easier than trying to arrange a foursome like we do in golf or tennis. Sure, sure. You just got a crowd of people and you join in. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, are, are you a, are you a uh, competitive person? I mean, do you go out there with uh, a little bit of a chip on your shoulder? <laughs> A chip, huh? <laughs> Does that sound like me? No. Uh, actually, I'm more of a, I enjoy the athleticism of it. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, I enjoy the shot making. Every once in a while you do something brilliant and you, it makes you happy. My wife is a very competitive player. Is she, she? She's a better player than I am, actually. She's uh, more aggressive. <laughs> she likes games. She likes to win. She's, she's really great at it, which is fun because... Uh, I can play with her, and whenever she's on my team, we win, because because I can set her up and she puts it away. <laughs> Does she say no? No, Bill, you're you're standing in the wrong place. Get over here. Get over there. <laughs> she she resists that. <laughs> she resists temptation. Yeah. Now now she's actually a very generous kind of partner. So okay. I, I enjoy playing with her. A lot of com- a lot of couples don't like playing together. So it's been it's nice for me because it's easy. I can see where my wife would say that. You know, <laughs> he's a decent player, but uh, you know, he, he's a little too bossy when he's out there. Yeah. I can I can hear her say that. Eight eleven is our time. Eighty three degrees, the expected high today. A low of sixty one. Get it all done today, folks, because as is the case with weather in the state of Missouri, you uh, you know you have uh, maybe an idea going in what to expect, and then they change it all up on you. High tomorrow of around ninety. A low of sixty nine. Plenty of sunshine, though. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, 94 the high on Saturday, 95 the expected high on Sunday. Again, uh, plenty of sunshine, 93 degrees for the high on Monday. And then we kind of start to kind of drop back a little bit, 88 on uh, Tuesday of next week. As far as uh, the middle of the week, 80 degrees the expected high. Now, again, 
Uh, like everything else, I'm uh, guessing that's probably going to change. There is uh, That looks to be the best chance for any rain during the week. Uh, close to a 40% chance on Wednesday. Uh, then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're in the low to mid-80s throughout the period. But uh, right now we're at 57 comfy degrees. It was about 54 on the drive-in this morning. So that was very nice, very enjoyable. And uh, I appreciated uh, having the opportunity to... Again, not to walk out of the house and burst into uh, <laughs> burst into flames or burst in well, not necessarily flames, but burst into uh, uh, sweat. Yes, it's way too humid to burst into flames. <laughs> it's a different thing. It certainly is. Hey, we have got uh, our good buddy Chris Schneider from Lake TV standing by with our first check of sports this morning. We also want to thank Stephanie from uh, Firefly Valley Farms for coming out and bringing us the. Uh, Two choices of coffee. What do we uh, have this morning, Stephanie? Uh, Guatemala. Guatemala. And Ugandan. And Ugandan. Ugandan. You know, it's just, when you think about it, you go to the store and you see all that uh, domestic, I, I, is that what you would consider it? Like, uh, for example, you know, uh, Bud, Bud Light, those are domestics. Is that like what we see with like, I don't know, Folgers and some of the others, Maxwell House? The, so we've got Ugandan and uh, and what's the other one again? Guatemala. Guatemala. So come on by and grab yourself a, a cup of this delicious coffee. And uh, if you would like to maybe get some and get on the regular route, Stephanie is here and she can hook you up. We'll also be talking a little bit later on uh, in the 9 o'clock hour with uh, John Beckett from Beckett Motors. John is uh, on the Republican Central Committee, and we're going to find out uh, all about that and uh, his role as a part of this Republican Central Committee. But uh, stop by and see us here at the Key Gathering Place on South Business 5 in Camdenton as we get you into a check of sports with Chris Schneider here on the Key. Lake TV pregame at 6.30, kickoff at 7 o'clock. Of course, new coach there for the Osage Indians this year is Shannon Jolly. He's actually been the head coach at both Osage and Eldon before, so he knows this rivalry well, and everywhere Coach Jolly goes, he seems to build good programs. He's got a great track record. Well, I think the thing that's indicative of the programs that I've been fortunate to lead is is we've uh, been committed to building in what I say the right way is being patient, not look for band-aids, but look for solutions and trying to fix things that are um, that can sustain themselves. And there's longevity in the program, and that's what I've been proud of. You know, when, when I've left programs or, or moved on, those programs continue to do well, and that's a tribute to all of the coaches and everybody around the program um, about you know encouraging our players to follow and do the right things. Also tomorrow night, 2-0 Camdenton on the road to play Parkview and Versailles at 1-1 will be at Hallsville. College football Saturday, 1-0 Mizzou will be on the road to play Kentucky. The MSU Bears will be at home to play Central Arkansas. Of course, the Chiefs play their season opener Sunday against the Browns. Kansas City, a favorite to get it done there. They'll be home to Cleveland, then at Baltimore and home to the Chargers in the month of September. Baseball, it's the Cardinals closing out that four-game series at home against the Dodgers today. The Royals closing out a four-game series in Baltimore. KB, plenty of sports. Back to you. Thank you, sir. We appreciate that. Looking for... Uh... Uh, it's going to be a tough weekend to watch uh, 
the NFL and NASCAR and go back and forth from uh, one game to the other. I guess the Chiefs game starts at about 325, so I don't know uh, exactly when the race starts. Uh, I, I don't know if it'll be a Saturday night race. I haven't looked yet. Uh, but the playoffs for NASCAR have begun, so uh, these are all the real serious races where all the uh, 16 competitors that have made it into the playoffs uh, want to win races. But, hey, everybody out there on the uh, track wants to win the race, and it gets a little interesting. Stephanie is with us from Firefly Valley Farms, who provides us with uh, coffee from time to time here. And I asked her to come over and get in, get in that mic nice and close so we can hear your lovely speaking <laughs> voice. Good morning. Good morning, Stephanie. And, and first off, thank you so much for providing us with coffee in the morning. We really appreciate that. So that's very nice of you to do that. You're quite welcome. Uh, she is also an underwriter with uh, Key Radio as well, helping provide uh, uh, some uh, needed funding for us through uh, a donation. And, uh, of course, the coffee as well. Now, we talked about the uh, two types of coffee that you have this morning. One is a Guatemalan blend. The other one is a Ugandan blend. Now you're talking Central America and then over into Africa. So uh, let's talk a little about the uh, Guatemalan blend. Uh, what, uh, what, what is the makeup of that or what is uh, special or specific about that particular? It, it actually comes from a region in Guatemala called Weiwei Tenango. Way, way to Nango. Way, way to Nango. Now, if you saw that word, it's actually spelled H U E H U E to Nango. Mm -hmm. And it, it looks very strange. And that was just one of the things that mm -hmm. we always loved about the coffee was saying it was the most fun. Way, way to Nango. Way, way to Nango. That's a great name. That's a great mm -hmm. place. So, uh, in, 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 I think we know that to Central America is is uh, kind of unique uh, based on how they do things and in, in growing the coffee. But we've heard of uh, coffee coming out of Guatemala before. Yeah, absolutely. Guatemala is yeah. a, a very popular country for coffee. People are pretty familiar with the flavor of a Guatemalan coffee. It's got a nice, uh, on the lighter end, it's got a nice cherry flavor, like a Bing cherry. It's kind of tart. Ooh, nice. And then if you darker roast it, it brings out some nice chocolatey notes. So it's a pretty standard coffee that American people are used to drinking. So I would say it's probably not a good idea to screw it up with cream and sugar. Um, I, mm, I, I, would, I always ask people to just try our coffee yeah. the first time without anything in sure. it because people are so used to drinking coffee that is either over extracted or over roasted or very bitter. Um, that's why I like them to try ours just, just the first time. Just try it. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to add your cream and sugar to it, no problem. Yeah. Um, but they are, they are very nice and they are unique to whichever country they come from. What, uh, what do you do? You get the beans and you roast them yourself? Yeah, we, uh, we get them from a green importer in St. Paul, Minnesota. We bring them in, we roast them up on our farm and we deliver them all around the lake. We have a lot of restaurants that get our coffee and some coffee shops and we deliver right to people's houses. That's so I'll, cool. I'll ring their doorbell and hang the coffee right on the doorknob there and that is so cool. That's got to be, uh, is it a laborious process? Do you enjoy doing it? Uh, what are? I love roasting coffee. I think it's the most, uh, it's the most fun part of drinking coffee for yeah, me. Yeah. Um, just trying them at different roast profiles and seeing what, uh, what one bean, say the Ugandan, for example, is the one that I brought today. We have tried it at a medium roast, a dark roast, a super dark roast, and we just couldn't really find the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, this bag is getting pretty low. Let's try it the complete other opposite. And I roasted it light, and I really actually like it light roasted. So it just, hmm. 
every coffee is different and unique, just trying to find that sweet spot and get that perfect cup out of it. That's our goal. We talked about uh, the Guatemalan blend. What about the Ugandan blend? Of course, so you, you mentioned that that region, uh, a lot of coffee comes out of that portion of Africa. Yes. Uh, Actually, Ethiopia is the birthplace of all coffee. Yeah, that's so kind of the of one has, I was thinking of. You know, if you get some coffees from Ethiopia, you'll get our called heirloom coffees because they grow wild there. Um, so everything in that area is just perfect. Kenyan coffee is very good. Um, Uganda is a relatively new country mm -hmm. for producing coffee. So um, we got a really good price on this, and we wanted to kind of just see what it, what it has to offer because the, the neighbor is Rwanda, the other neighbor is Tanzania. They're both producing great coffees, and I think it's a really good coffee, and it, it's developing a country um, and showing them some other things to do. Describe the taste of, of the Ugandan coffee. You mentioned uh, how the Guatemalan coffee has kind of a, a, a tart Big cherry taste to it. Um, I would say that your your uh, Uganda has more of an earthy flavor. Right. It's got some smokiness to it. It's got some woodsy notes. Like I kind of describe it as cedar. I don't I don't know how else to describe it, but cedar. It's got a little bit of a, a bitter bite to it. Right. Um, which is is different than one of your other light roasts that I've brought in before, which is the Tanzania, where mm -hmm. that's more fruity, citrusy, floral even. So this is a little more wild, I would say. Kind of an, er you say like an earthy? Earthy, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah. And then uh, I'm going to, as soon as we get into the bottom of the hour break, I'm going to go over and grab some of it and, uh, and give it a try. And I promise I won't put any cream or sugar in it <laughs> until after I decide whether or not that's what I want to do. I don't, and, and, and I've mentioned this before, I don't drink coffee a whole lot, but I think this is kind of a unique experience because of the fact that, you know, we're not drinking the domestic stuff, the Folgers, the Maxwell House, the stuff you find in the store all the time. And it's really hard. I mean, if you look around, you'll find some of the stores carry, you know, some of the, uh, uh, you know, more unique brands, if you will. But you really can't find what it is you're looking for unless y you do a little digging. And so my uh, advice would be to look up FireflyValleyFarms.com. And uh, you, you have all of the various coffees, I believe we have 12 different coffees right now and right. one decaf. Okay. Ooh. Decaf. decaf. Huh? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Decaf's okay. I how mean, how you know. do you make a decaf? Um, they actually use this ethyl acetate process where they use sugar alcohols in some giant contraption where they, they boil it in this stuff and it separates the caffeine and... I don't know. It's, it's kind of voodoo to me. So by the time <laughs> you get the bean, it has less caffeine in it. Yes, it's 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 a decaffeinated bean. It's the most natural way that they process decaf mm -hmm. coffee. There are other ways that they process it. Um, this is just the one that we choose to use because it seems to be the healthiest. Sure. If you have to drink decaf, right? You want to make sure it's good. Yeah, you want to get good flavor out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing. Well, you know, uh, folks can let, let, let me ask you if, if they see something on there of the twelve varieties that you offer. Can they get like some samples to start with un until they kind of find what they're, yeah, they're content with? Uh, we're at the farmer's market right. in Camdenton and Osage Beach. We try and bring at least eight different coffees that people can come down and they can try a sample of every single one that we right. have and they can find the one that they like and we can find which one, whatever one is their favorite. We've seen uh, to, to basically kind of go 
step outside. You know, I remember when uh, it was Mrs. Olson, and she would talk about the it's the richest kind, and mm-hmm. and uh, then you had the Juan Valdez and his mule. Uh-huh. That was another way they were marketing it. But now with, with everything else, and, and you mentioned it too with uh, pickleball, you started out with a wood mallet in, 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 or, or a paddle, mm-hmm. and now they're, mm. they're into fiberglass and all this high-tech stuff. So like everything else, we start out you know, with kind of a basic idea or a basic foundation, and it is human nature for us to want to explore all of the various possibilities and, and really, uh, you know, find things that uh, are unique to the situation. And I know I used to have a buddy that I grew up with, and he got into uh, the business of, uh, of roasting coffee and selling coffee. And he was just, I mean, he would go to the ends of the earth to find all kinds of unique coffees, uh, some of which are uh, very enjoyable, and I know a couple of them that he had uh, not so much. <laughs> they were very on the on the bitter side. That's when the cream and sugar really... Aids in in being able to uh, to drink it, but uh, give uh, Stephanie a call five seven three eight three six five three five two. Firefly Valley Farms, they are uh, coffee roasters providing coffee around the Lake of the Ozarks. What are some of the restaurants that uh, utilize your coffee? Um, actually, nineteen thirty two Reserve. Yeah. Um, the Reserve has been getting coffee from us for a year. Yeah. Uh, let's see, we. Give coffee to Squeeze. Mm-hmm. Um, Sip is getting some coffee from us. Sip. Sip. Where's is that the at? One in Camdenton, okay. over there by UPS. Okay. Uh, man, I'm drawing a blank now. That's okay. <laughs> well, just some of the restaurants. That's great. But at least you know the word is getting out there, and uh, folks are enjoying this wonderful coffee. And as it says here, buy local, drink global, and that's uh, very true. Support your local businesses as often as you possibly can. Hmm. Well, thank you, Stephanie. Appreciate it. Thank you for uh, coming out today. We've got uh, Jenny Brinkman here from We the People as well. We uh, might have some time on the backside of the 8 o'clock hour to talk with her. And uh, let's uh, jump in with a quick break before we get to the bottom of the hour and more information uh-huh. coming your way with Stacy Johnson from Lake Expo on 89.3 The Key. Bikers Against Child Abuse empowers children to not feel afraid of the world in which they live. For more information, visit BACAWorld.org. Our helpline is 866-885-9474. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what, what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why it well it's because the news told us join professor jim paisley thursdays and saturdays at 6 a.m 2 p.m and 10 p.m for the true history professor program on 89.3 the key
The serving table provides free meals at Key Gathering Place, Wednesdays 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. and Thursdays 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's the continuing mission of Jacob and Carly Lamb to serve people in need. But this is not just about free food. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Spiritual food is as great a need as the meals Jacob prepares, and we need volunteers to join in so the serving table can open every day. Learn more at keygatheringplace.com or search Facebook for The Serving Table. Who knows and understands the Lake of the Ozarks better than the people who live here? Key Radio is bringing the public square right to your radio, computer, or mobile device. We get a lot of outside advice on how to handle what's happening at the lake, and that's great. However, we'd rather hear from the people like you who live here, get involved, and really make a difference with Key Radio. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. Positive programming provided by you on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3, The Key. Welcome back to The Daily Show, 828, 58 degrees on our way to a high today of around 83. And then it's going to get downright hot as we head into the weekend, 90 the high on uh, Friday. Looks like uh, mid to upper 90s Saturday and Sunday and even possibly into Monday before we uh, back down to the upper 80s on Tuesday. And 80 degrees the expected high. They're still touting 80 degrees as the expected high and a chance of maybe some rain on Wednesday. We could uh, definitely again use that. I can't pick my yard up and scoot it over closer to my neighbor's yard so that their uh, sprinkler hits it. But maybe uh, when they're not home, I'll just pull the hose over a little closer and they won't notice when it's... uh, watering my yard. 8.29 is our time. Information coming up at the bottom of the hour. I believe we'll also Bill Munhausen have an opportunity to talk with Jenny Brinkman from the local We the People uh, organization here in Camden County. We'll get uh, a recap of uh, their trip down to Springfield. They took a couple of trips mm-hmm. down to Springfield. Yep. It's uh, As uh, kind of political activists, they're already to, always ready to talk about some things. So. Yes. yes. Well, we'll definitely find out more about that. And we will uh, also have the opportunity to talk with John Beckett coming up in the uh, 9 o'clock hour and get his uh, thoughts. And he'll explain to us this uh, Republican Central Committee, what it's all about, and the role that he plays as part of that uh, that, uh, committee. I also have a a copy of the uh, new Watchdog, the Watchdog Report, Camden County uh, issue number three, hot off the presses. And if you'd like a copy of that, uh, you can stop by and pick one up here at uh, the Key Gathering Place anytime they are open for business. Uh, let's see here. Some of the things that they're talking about helping us vet the senatorial candidates. The uh, Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt will be in town on Thursday, September 23rd. Also, St. Louis Attorney Mark McCloskey presenting his uh, platform and a take on questions Thursday, October the 21st, 2021. I know Matt Burns was updating me on all of this. So we'll uh, talk more with uh, Jenny Brinkman and uh, Bill Munhausen and John Beckett. And uh, if you would like to come by and be a part of the action, we're here broadcasting live from the Key Gathering Place on South Business 5 in Camdenton. News, sports, weather all coming up as well. It's The Daily Show on 89.3 The Key. Heard on the interweb at uh, keyradio.live. This is your chance to get involved in community radio, Lake of the Ozarks, with 89.3, The Key. 
Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Thursday, September 9th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Springfield has been ranked the fifth most dangerous area for violent and property crime. The analysis was done by safewise.com using data reported from cities to the FBI. Safewise.com found that the most dangerous cities tended to have higher poverty rates, lower spending on community services, and higher unemployment. Although these statistics aren't keeping people from the area, a majority of the most dangerous cities saw population growth in 2021. Springfield Armory is donating guns and equipment to the City of Lake Ozark Police Department. Springfield Armory CEO Dennis Reese is donating enough weapons and equipment to equip every officer of Lake Ozark Police. Reese and his family have long been involved with the Bagnell Dam Strip and said in a statement that we wanted to do our part giving back to the area, helping to protect the strip for families to enjoy. A car crashed into the Kaiser Post Office on Highway 42 early Tuesday morning. The damage appeared to be localized to the entryway of the building. The post office didn't close after the incident and is currently still open for customers. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. The Artichoke Heart is about peeling back the layers and getting to the heart of what really matters in life, parenting, faith, and wellness. You will find purposeful parenting topics, inspirational family stories, homeschool tips, book and game reviews, recipe and wellness posts, and so much more. Our three hosts are Ruth Harris, Maggie Butterfield, and Gretchen Peters. They can't wait to connect with you and share their hearts. Listen to The Artichoke Heart Wednesdays and Sundays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m. and 10 p.m. on Key Radio 89.3 FM. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niagara River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. The goal of Key Radio is to offer the community an opportunity to share information and to express their ideas and opinions. Key Radio presents a platform for all types of information. We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3 The Key.
I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center. Why are there so many different interpretations of scripture and theology? The Apostle Paul wrote to the early church in Philippians 2.2 saying, Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, there and working together with one mind and purpose. Nevertheless, Christians disagree over basic Bible teachings about creation, the nature of God, and prophecies regarding the last days. I just read one scholar's opinion blaming our disagreements on lack of true faith, poor teaching in the church, and corruption by the world. Basically, negative things. Let me instead offer a positive reason. Christians think for themselves about their faith. We are called to study the word and ponder what it means, and that leads to subtle disagreement. Nevertheless, we agree in our commitment to Jesus Christ. The many interpretations of scripture divides the church at a time when we need unity more than ever. Thankfully, you can fix this. Set aside your theories and favorite teachers and read the Bible for clarity. The Lake of the Ozarks Community Radio Station. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. Hey, welcome back. It's 836, 59 degrees. Update you on that weather forecast. Again, a beautiful day today. If you have something that you uh, want to get done outdoors, probably a good day to do that and get it all completed today. 82 now. The expected high will drop down to 61 with a clear sky overnight. Back up to 90 for the high tomorrow. 69 the low. Plenty of sunshine headed into the weekend 94 on Saturday, 94 now on Sunday, 92 on Monday, 88 the expected high on uh, Tuesday. How about 79 for the high on Wednesday? Still about a 40% chance for showers, and that looks to be the best day as we'll uh, stick to uh, low to mid-80s for the rest of next week. And again, uh, some clouds in there, but uh, really not much in the way of any rain expected. So we'll start to back her down and kind of get closer to those fall-like temperatures. And hopefully we'll uh, get to enjoy the leaves turning before they all just fall right off the trees. Uh, 59 degrees. We're going to talk with Jenny Brinkman here from uh, We the People of Camden County. We'll talk about the uh, new edition of the Watchdog Report. As I said, you can pick up a copy right here at the Key Gathering Place on South Business 5. And we might even talk about how you can be a part of the organization. We'll do all that after we uh, take a moment to check in with Chris Schneider from Lake TV and get an update from the world of sports. Getting ready, obviously, for uh, some more high school football action. And the NFL ready to kick things off. Uh, They'll actually do that tonight. I believe the Cowboys and Buccaneers will be playing. But the Chiefs will be entertaining the Browns on uh, Sunday. Looking forward to that. And the kickoff for that game is set uh, for right around 325 our time. 8.38, it's uh, time for sports with Chris Schneider from Lake TV on the key. Lake TV pregame at 6.30, kickoff at 7 o'clock. Of course, new coach there for the Osage Indians this year is Shannon Jolly. He's actually been the head coach at both Osage and Eldon before, so he knows this rivalry well, and everywhere Coach Jolly goes, he seems to build good programs. He's got a great track record. Well, I think the thing that's indicative of the programs that I've been fortunate to lead is is we've uh, been committed to building in what I say the right way is being patient, not look for band-aids, but look for solutions and trying to fix things that are, um, that can sustain themselves. And there's longevity in the program. And that's what I've been proud of. You know, when when I've left programs or or moved on, those programs continue to do well. And that's a tribute to all of the coaches and everybody around the program. 
um, about, you know, encouraging our players to follow and do the right things. Also tomorrow night, 2-0 Camdenton on the road to play Parkview, and Versailles at 1-1 will be at Hallsville. College football Saturday, 1-0 Mizzou will be on the road to play Kentucky. The MSU Bears will be at home to play Central Arkansas. Of course, the Chiefs play their season opener Sunday against the Browns. Kansas City, a favorite to get it done there. They'll be home to Cleveland, then at Baltimore and home to the Chargers in the month of September. September. Baseball, it's the Cardinals closing out that four-game series at home against the Dodgers today. The Royals closing out a four-game series in Baltimore. KB, plenty of sports. Back to you. Thank you, Chris Schneider. 840 is our time, and we welcome you back here to The Daily Show, heard uh, three times daily. Uh, the live version from 8 until 10, then we rebroadcast this particular program uh, starting at 4 o'clock, then again at midnight with a new show for you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. until 10 a.m. If you would like to be a part of the program, feel free to reach out to me by, uh, well, shoot me an email, kbsfree65 at gmail.com. KB's free, 65 at gmail.com. And we'll uh, see if we can't bring you on to talk about any uh, particular topics, some things that are on your mind. Jenny Brinkman is joining us from We the People of Camden County. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm great. How are you? I'm uh, fine as frogs here and uh, glad to have you with us here as we're talking about, uh, well, a, a bit of a recap. You, last time we talked, you guys were getting ready to go down to uh, Springfield and uh, let the folks know at uh, Mercy Hospital and Cox that, uh, well, maybe uh, their employees getting vaccinated uh, is, is, is okay if that's what they want to do. But those who don't want to get vaccinated, maybe uh, you don't push it. Yeah, we had a great time. Uh, the larger We the People of Missouri was represented there, and uh, uh, 417 Freedom Group was putting it on. There was about 200 people holding signs and great response from the folks driving by. Uh, much, much the majority of positive responses. Right, uh, right. They had honk for freedom signs, so there was a, a lot of that going on. And and uh, uh, large men with large American flags just walking <laughs> the the corner there uh, in front of the hospital, and uh, it was it was just a, a a lovely event. And and they did another one on September fourth that I didn't make it to, right. uh, but uh, they had good turnout for that one too. Uh, we're posting future events. I think they're going to go to Cox Hospital uh, next. We're posting those on the We the People of Camden County Facebook page. Well, I know it uh, made the news uh, back here in the Lake area, and it also made the news down there in Springfield. So uh, maybe that uh, starts to kind of send a message. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. That uh, Janet Tuberville wrote that article for Lake Expo, and and we appreciate her. She was with our group and. Uh, uh, we really appreciated her and her sister showing up and, and hanging with us. It was awesome. So we've got the uh, most recent edition, issue number three of the Watchdog Report here for Camden County. And uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the uh, things that you've got in here, including uh, right there at the very top where it says, Help us vet the senatorial candidates. Yeah, we are so excited on uh, September 23rd over at the Osage Beach Elks Hall Uh Attorney General Eric Schmidt is going to come in and the set of six questions that he is going to be speaking to are on the front page of the watchdog. Right. So uh, folks can can pick this up or, or notify me and we'll send him a copy and email. 
uh, we've asked the candidates to speak to those questions and then we're going to take questions from the floor. So a lot of interaction. It's uh, first come first serve seating. So we open the doors early at five and then the event starts at 630. We're super excited to have a up close and personal conversation with our attorney general about about what he really thinks about liberty and freedom. Well, I don't know. Did you have to submit these questions to him ahead of time? We didn't have to, but we chose to. Right. Uh, I didn't want to do a, a question-answer session because I think people tend to just answer the question and, and be done right. to move on to what they then want to talk about. And so in order to set that stage to not be just a candidate speech, we did send them the questions and we asked them to answer them in writing mm -hmm. as well as have him just spend the hour or whatever speaking to them. So, so the event will be recorded and then we're going to have a nice uh, uh, follow-up in the watchdog. So here's what the campaign said and here's what the candidate said and hopefully he'll expand on those answers a little bit more. But uh, yeah, we thought it, the most expeditious thing was to send the questions, let him think about how he wanted to answer and uh, just riff on his presentation based on that. Yeah. I'll tell you my mm -hmm. favorite question. What will be your process for timely and effective two-way communication with constituents in Missouri? I mean, our federal politicians, representatives, are so shielded from us. Um, I've, I've tried many times to uh, correspond with Vicki Hartzler, and it's like this black hole it goes into. And eventually some staff member sends out a canned response that has almost nothing to do with my question. And it, yes. it, it becomes this kind of talking past your, each other thing that isn't really dialogue. And, and I don't know how these people know what we believe because they are not here. No, I, I think they, they some truly think, and, and we have a state senator right now that's, that's well in this group, groove, right, Justin Brown. Uh, they truly believe, I think, that they are elected by the people to go and do what they think is best. And they lose that interaction, and they lose that feedback, and boom, vote for a gas tax in Missouri, of all places. Yeah, I mean... That kind of that thing. They're removed. Yeah, mm -hmm. they, well, they, they... I can go both ways on that. They are kind of elected because we believe they're the right people for the job and that their decisions will be correct but they still have to have feedback. Yeah. They still need to know when they've uh, been there too long and have gone off in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they are influenced by special interests, especially in Washington, D.C. You know, it's just a whole different world, and, and I really appreciate that. I mean, we love Josh Hawley, right? He's graded B on the conservative review, mm -hmm. and we think he does a lot of good things, but we're not seeing him much in Missouri. We're not hearing from him at the at the local groups and right. you know you got to remember the people that got you there so mm -hmm. we're looking forward in campaign season to uh, uh him possibly coming into the area yeah i think it should be more than <clears throat> just a possibility i think it should be something that uh you know we the people demand so that you know he can hear the voices of the people that put him there yes i think it's very important uh, and i i've told bill this and i might have even said you know i've been trying to get a hold of josh hawley to be on my radio program for about uh, the last year. And so I had some, I had a direct connection through his uh, PR people, right? Well, next week looks like a good week. And, you know, when do you want him on? I said, well, I can have him on anytime he wants to be on. I'll make time for him. 
as long as he wants to reciprocate, right? Mm -hmm. So something would always happen, uh, you know, we had to bump you because, you know, he had this or that. And, and, and not that he's lost touch with the people here in Missouri, but as you mentioned, he's not as uh, available. Uh, he is not as uh, accessible to the people that put him in uh, the position that he, he, he's in right now. And, and so I would highly recommend. And, and I think, you know, there was some discussion a while back of, you know, disbanding the House and the Senate because with all the technology that we have available, you could vote, you could do what you need to do right from your home state. And then you would be more accessible to your constituents. And, well, no, we can't do that for this reason, we can't do it for that reason, you know. They, and it's just, a, it's an ongoing cycle that at some point I think needs to be broken. Or, you know, do you have some sort of a monthly gathering or get-together or, or what have you, some sort of a, a video conference where people from Missouri can actually reach out to these people and ask questions, you know? Yeah, and we need, we need the intermediate groups like the Republican Central Committee, who John Beckett's going to talk about this morning. Right. Love John Beckett, a hero of mine. And, and also well, the... Did, did you get that build-up <laughs> back there? <laughs> he's right, he's oh, right he there. He walked in the door. <laughs> oh, how funny. Oh, you didn't even know he was there. I didn't did know you? he was there. <laughs> now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. And and the Republican Club, you yeah. know, these are our are intermediaries that should be helping carry that message forward. You know, there's plenty of of reasons uh, in this county right now for censures and discussions and in our state, too, for censures and 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 discussions with our elected employees. Right. Uh, but folks are so enamored of the fame that they have access and they think that's cool, and they don't want to lose it by taking a chance to speak truth sometimes. Well, now, you know, and we were talking about this yesterday with Ike Skelton. Blaine Lutkemeyer was always a regular guest on my program. He was on at least once a month, and we had the ability to, uh, to uh, do, you know, phone interviews and things like that. So, uh, you know, there's a good possibility we could probably bring him back on, uh, you know, time permitting. But the point is, is that uh, he would take questions cold. I mean, he wasn't afraid for people to call in that, you know, had an issue or a problem to challenge him. Now, whether you believe wholeheartedly that, you know, he is who he is, maybe based on the way he votes or anything, um, that's when I would tell people. Now, if there's something you don't like or something that, you know, you want to contest or maybe a way that he's voted on a particular topic, call in and people would call in and he would sit there and take it. And I mean, there were some people that were pretty brutal but, you know, that's part of the job. You, you have to, you can't, as Bill mentioned, you can't shield yourself from people. You essentially have to be there. You have to engage your constituents and find out what's on their minds because you are there to represent them. And I think, and I think we've all known this, is that sometimes these folks get to Washington, D.C. I would bet that Nancy Pelosi hasn't talked to one of her constituents in forever. Uh, uh, Chuck Schumer the same way. A lot of these folks... McConnell, all of them that are always, you, you always see them on TV talking about, you know, how they feel about this bill or uh, this particular subject and Nancy Pelosi telling people what to do and how to do it, rather than it being the other way around where she is there to be the conduit for her constituents so that they are essentially achieving the goals that they want to achieve back in her home state. Yeah, it's all about power for them, right? Yeah. It's all about power. But even... It, 
it's interesting in our in our state legislature there's all the deal making right the and politics has always been about deal making but i think as the democrat party moves left obviously right with the influence of the squad and the and the progressive left uh, and to counterbalance that we see the republican party I hope moving right, right? The old Tea Party guys are surfacing, and 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 so that middle swampy area of compromise. At some point, they just have to say, you know, we can't make this deal because the price is too high for liberty and freedom. And my personal opinion is that the whole way they work in Jefferson City and in Washington D.C. needs to be uh, separated, looked at analyzed and they need to come from a different direction understanding that we live in a polarized country right now mm -hmm. something else i saw in uh, the most recent uh, uh copy of the watchdog is uh you mentioned the uh, esser funds the esser three funding that was uh discussed as far as the uh, Campton school board and how they voted on it four to two against it uh, but you also have a breakdown of some of the other surrounding uh, school districts, Max Creek, Stoutland, Climax Springs. Um, it says here that Max Creek applied for ESSER three reimbursements and accepted federal conditions. Uh, masks are not mandated in class. They are mandated on buses. And uh, you can go to uh, their website there to find out more about that. Uh, Stoutland, uh, unable to confirm the ESSER application. Masks are not mandated in class. They are mandated on buses. And then Climax Springs applied for ESSER three reimbursements and accepted federal conditions. So we know that uh, the feds will be pulling the strings as far as those school districts are concerned, which, uh, again, is a shame. But, you know, you look at uh, Climax Springs and uh, maybe Max Creek to some degree, and maybe they feel as though uh, even though that they will be up against uh, the wall dealing with the feds, uh, at the same time that they need money to uh, stay stay afloat, keep the school up and running. Yeah, uh, we're looking forward to following up with the school districts to see what they are spending money on mm -hmm. that they hope to get reimbursed under the, the guidelines of, of SR3, because it's specific things. So if, the, uh, if COVID-19 continues to trend downward, uh, is it even an issue because if they can't spend the money on on mitigation uh because they don't need it right. then does it all just go away one of the things uh yeah on those websites and and i put the back to school plans is is what those websites lead to we are we are looking for folks in those school districts concerned parents and and uh, uh interested parents who attend those school board meetings mm -hmm to contact us and let's do a blurb about each school district in the watchdog every month. I mean, that's what the watchdog is about. You talk about Blaine Luchtemeyer coming on the show, right? We, we have a scorecard. We grade politicians and the, and the votes that they make uh, so that we'll have a record at the end of the session. But with these school boards, everybody knows when the Camden County, uh, Camdenton school board meets, Nobody knows when Max Creek School Board meets. It's not on the school website. It's just kind of, and I spoke with the superintendent uh, uh, earlier this year, and he said, well, we have such a good school board that's in so tight with this small community that they're just comfortable with it, so we don't really publicize when the meetings are. 
that's not the right approach. No. People, people need to go and they need to see. And I think Max Creek, we were talking about CRT at the time, and mm -hmm. I think they do a great job with that. But we're looking for folks to attend these school board meetings and just give us a few sentences about what went on there. Uh, we the People is about citizen involvement in public affairs and whatever we can do to support that and report back using the watchdog to the larger community, that's what it's all about. You know, and yeah. you, you also get that uh, need uh, to, uh, to stay informed, especially taxpayers and taxpayers who have no kids in the district. Uh, they, they, they have no kids attending any of the schools in these, in these districts that we're talking about here. I'm sure they uh, certainly would like to know a little bit more about where their tax money's going. Absolutely. I mean, you see the parent portals and all the information around the, the kids' activities, the, the football, the, the chorus group, whatever, uh, but there's really no uh, uh, facilitation of conversation with the community who are funding through tax dollars. Right. And uh, not to pick on Max Creek too much, but um, one of our contributors, Matt Burns, uh, wrote a blog just yesterday, which he sent to me, and it is about the uh, mask mandates on school buses. So you mentioned that Max Creek requires masks on school buses. That was a CDC uh, Center for Disease Control recommendation, and all of our local health departments ran with that. And the Supreme Court recently declared that unconstitutional, that the Supreme Court said, you have no authority to mandate anything like that. Actually, it, it, it was related more to the, um, the uh, residential evictions is what they were declaring unconstitutional, but the, the mask mandate will follow that same reasoning. They said that the CDC doesn't have authority to mandate anything. They're not a, that they're, they don't have any power. It's not a, it's not a law. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. It's, it's starting to rise. But, but even so, so many local authorities just run with what the CDC recommends as if it what had, had the force of law. Yeah. We, and, sorry. Yeah, and, and so, so many little school districts, rather than make up their own reasoned approach, just follow what the authorities say and do these kind of irrational things. Yes, take the easiest path. Mm -hmm. uh, we the People State had a Zoom call last week, and they had Larry Bergner, who's the head of the health department in, uh, uh, I think it's Perry County, over in Neosho. And he looked at the data of COVID cases in their county and actually came up with and implemented a modified uh, guidance for the, for the school. Uh, the initial CDC guideline said that if a child is exposed to COVID, they have to stay home for 14 days. So they miss out on school for 14 days. Uh, Mr. Bergner has much experience and was bright enough to, to analyze this data and, and put in place a modification that says they go home for five days and then they come to school and wear a mask for the rest of the 14 days. So that's huge to get kids back in school. Mm -hmm. And he's a, he's a strong person in an important job. And we're following up with Camden County and the other counties around that to see who else is gonna take advantage of that knowledge of that modified uh, interpretation of the CDC tyranny. Right. Well, we've got about a minute or so before we get up to the top of the hour in our information block. If uh, folks would like to be a part of the organization, Jenny, uh, when do you meet and where do you meet and how about uh, is there any other things that are involved with uh, becoming a member of We the People? 
the Camden County portion. The requirement for joining We the People of Camden County is to care about liberty mm -hmm. and to be willing to spend some time uh, helping us interact with our, our, our public officials and uh, report on them and, and watch them, right, in the watchdog. Uh, we have a meeting Monday, September 13th, right here at Key Gathering Place at 6.30 p.m. We meet the second and fourth Monday of every month. We're on Facebook at We the People of Camden County. And there is an email you can send me at contact at watchdog report.com and watchdog is spelled d-a-w-g not d-o-g so contact at watchdog watchdogreport.com or call me and leave a message 660-238-6514 we'll keep all that information handy and pass it along as necessary it is uh, nine o'clock we're going to step aside Stacy Johnson from Lake Expo will update us on local news we'll hear from Chris Schneider with a check of sports update you on the weather forecast and talk with John Beckett from Beckett Motors. And uh, in particular, we'll discuss the Republican, Republican Central Committee. It's all coming up on The Daily Show on 89.3 The Key. Content provided by the people. Right here on 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Thursday, September 9th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Springfield has been ranked the fifth most dangerous area for violent and property crime. The analysis was done by safewise.com using data reported from cities to the FBI. Safewise.com found that the most dangerous cities tended to have higher poverty rates, lower spending on community services, and higher unemployment. Although these statistics aren't keeping people from the area, a majority of the most dangerous cities saw population growth in 2021. Springfield Armory is donating guns and equipment to the City of Lake Ozark Police Department. Springfield Armory CEO Dennis Reese is donating enough weapons and equipment to equip every officer of Lake Ozark Police. Reese and his family have long been involved with the Bagnell Dam Strip and said in a statement that we wanted to do our part giving back to the area, helping to protect the strip for families to enjoy. A car crashed into the Kaiser Post Office on Highway 4 42 early Tuesday morning. The damage appeared to be localized to the entryway of the building. The post office didn't close after the incident and is currently still open for customers. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. One of our underwriters is Skelton Tactical, a retailer of firearms and military collectibles, and Skelton Key and Lock. Here's how Ike Skelton describes the locksmith side of the business. Uh, Skelton's Key and Lock for all of your lockout needs, anything you need for your car, your motorcycles, boats. Uh, if you stick a key in it, we work at it. We're at 6196 Osage Beach Parkway, 573-346-7375. Locksmith, you know, locksmiths even get into it depending on how they want to do their business they get into a door setting and uh the door closers that are on top of your on top of your doors you see at most commercial buildings uh we rekey locks a lot of people might even not even know that you can do that 
Uh, instead of having to go out and buy new hardware, if you lose all your keys or you're worried about somebody getting into your place that might have a key, we can take it all apart, change the guts, make new keys for it, put it back together and save you a bunch of money. Bikers Against Child Abuse, BACA, exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children to not feel afraid of the world in which they live. We stand ready to lend support to our wounded friends by involving them with an established, united organization. If you'd like to know more about BACA, please visit our website at bacaworld.org or call one 866 Abuse. Hi, it's KB inviting you to join me for my new radio program, The Daily Show. I'll keep you up to date on the latest happenings at the Lake of the Ozarks and talk to the people who are involved in and with our great community. Join me for the live show from 8 a.m. until 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. We'll also rebroadcast the show twice daily at 4 p.m. and again at midnight. It's The Daily Show at keyradio.live and on 89.3 The Key. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Expo. If worldview has such a powerful hold over people, how do we overcome it? Hillary Clinton's mentor, Saul Alinsky, advocated a ruthless process of fragmenting society into classes, using ridicule and peer pressure to change people's minds. Alinsky believed that honorable people would be helpless because they would continue to seek the high road, and the low road would overwhelm them. Donald Trump astutely shook things up by not being such a high road conservative, and the Alinsky-inspired media has gone nothing over it. It's highly entertaining, maybe even game-changing, but not a strategy Bible believers can embrace. We are called to be salt and light in order to overcome the worldview of the enemy. The hero of a superhero show was told that his real power was his goodness. The Lord's goodness is our superpower, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this present darkness. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niangua River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com.
positive programming provided by you on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3, The Key. Yes, it is 89.3, The Key. You are listening to uh, the live broadcast from The Key Gathering Place here on uh, South Business 5 in Camdenton. And we are fueled this morning by Firefly Valley Farms Coffee. Buy local, drink global, and uh, come down and check out some of that uh, delicious uh, Guatemalan blend or the Ugandan blend and I've had a chance to sample them both and they uh, of the two I I actually uh, I favor that Guatemalan blend a little bit no, I haven't tried that yet it it's it's good stuff it's all good because everybody has their own personal preference when it comes to coffee like everything else so uh, swing on by and grab yourself a cup absolutely free of charge and Stephanie is here from Firefly Valley Farms to uh, maybe even talk to you about becoming a customer 82 degrees the expected high today we'll see plenty of sunshine 61 the low with a clear sky tonight, back up to 90 for the high tomorrow and a low of 69. Then we get into uh, the heat of the summer once again with uh, mid-90s for both Saturday and Sunday. We'll back it off a little bit on Monday to down to uh, only well, oh, 92. 88 the high on Tuesday, <laughs> 79 the high on uh, Wednesday, and then we'll kind of get into the uh, low to mid-80s throughout the rest of the week into next weekend and then really start to kind of get focused a little bit more on some of this uh, wonderful fall weather that we look forward to here at the Lake of the Ozarks. We're going to be talking with uh, John Beckett very shortly from Beckett Motors. We'll talk about his role in the Republican Central Committee. But before we get to that, let's uh, check in one more time with our good buddy Chris Schneider from Lake TV. He has been providing us with uh, sports, and we'll get to that now and then come back with more on 89.3 The Key. Lake TV pregame at 6.30, kickoff at 7 o'clock. Of course, new coach there for the Osage Indians this year is Shannon Jolly. He's actually been the head coach at both Osage and Eldon before, so he knows this rivalry well, and everywhere Coach Jolly goes, he seems to build good programs. He's got a great track record. Well, I think the thing that's indicative of the programs that I've been fortunate to lead is is we've uh, been committed to building in what I say the right way is being patient, not look for band-aids, but look for solutions and trying to fix things that are um, that can sustain themselves. And there's longevity in the program, and that's what I've been proud of. You know, when, when I've left programs or, or moved on, those programs continue to do well, and that's a tribute to all of the coaches and everybody around the program um, about you know encouraging our players to follow and do the right things. Also tomorrow night, 2-0 Camdenton on the road to play Parkview and Versailles at 1-1 will be at Hallsville. College football Saturday, 1-0 Mizzou will be on the road to play Kentucky. The MSU Bears will be at home to play Central Arkansas. Of course, the Chiefs play their season opener Sunday against the Browns. Kansas City, a favorite to get it done there. They'll be home to Cleveland, then at Baltimore and home to the Chargers in the month of September. September. Baseball, it's the Cardinals closing out that four-game series at home against the Dodgers today. The Royals closing out a four-game series in Baltimore. KB, plenty of sports. Back to you. He's got to make sure we're talking about him. 9-11 is our time. <laughs> Welcome back to 89.3 The Key, heard on uh, the interweb at keyradio.live. It is the daily show, and uh, we are very we are very blessed, honored, fortunate to have John Beckett with us. 
and uh, you received uh, quite the uh, quite the uh, endorsement. endorsement. Yeah. Oh, earlier. Yeah, Janie. Yeah, yeah, I had to get the fan out <laughs> and uh, cool off a little bit with that endorsement. Yeah. She was uh, so very. Uh, very gracious to speak very highly of you, and and I, and I think it's it's probably worth it. You're worth that kind of. Well, I appreciate that. I just try to do what's right. Yeah, that's uh, that's the way I've lived. That's the way I've ran my business for over almost 20 years now, and uh, it's not hard to do what's right. Sometimes it's a little pressure, yeah. but it's not hard to do what's right. Beckett Motors over there on East 54 in Camdenton. And, and the car business is kind of in a unique place right now, especially with COVID. Super unique place. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's in the used car business. Sorry. Whoops. That's okay. Don't worry about yep. it. That's the, well, I've got people coming to my house with a new floor, so that's who that was. <laughs> Do we need to take a break? Well, not yet. I will call them back here in a few minutes because they'll be wanting in my garage. Let's uh, talk about uh, let's talk about your involvement. First off, let's talk about what the for people who don't know the Republican Central Committee. What is that? What is it all about? The Republican Central Committee is made up uh, your county. Each county is made up of townships, right. and the way the uh, the political uh, spectrum works and the political parties work in Missouri is you have a Republican Central Committee and a Democrat Central Committee in each county, and your your county is divided into townships. So Camden County has 11 townships, and the way our bylaws are set up with the uh, state um, GOP is that you get a man and a woman, at least we have those in the GOP still, and uh, you actually have to run for this office, and you represent your township. You are supposed to be the leader of your township for your party. Right. And the townships actually have very little to do with what we think of as towns. Uh, oh, there's no, there is no rhyme or reason. I brought a little map. I know you can't see it on the air, but the way our townships are, uh, are divided up, it is bizarre. Yeah. You don't know how this came about years mm -hmm. ago, you know, probably in the 40s or 50s when we, be, you know, when Camden County really got involved and they split all this up. But you do have to run. It's uh, like our our uh, election again is next August and uh, you have to sign up. Now, if you don't sign up, the committee can uh, appoint people to those townships for vacancies. We there when I t I've been involved for probably 10, 12 years now. And for a long time, we had about half of our committee were, or half the townships that weren't full, you know, with people representing them. Um, Camden County has been such a conservative county for years that there really has not been a need um, to have those people out working in the districts and in the townships to get the vote out because it, you know, because we are so conservative, heavily mm -hmm. conservative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just heard about this about a year ago. Well, that's and, and even though it's an elected office, since the vast majority of people don't know it exists, right. nobody actually runs. The only time that I was ever opposed was my first time running, was uh -huh. when I ran for, for that seat in the Osceola Township back then, mm -hmm. where we lived. And uh, the rest of the time, I've never appeared again on a ballot because I had no opposition. Right. So. Yeah. Inter an and the reason phenomenon. the reason why you heard about it in the last year is because one of the main roles of the central committees mm -hmm. and it, it all falls with the governor, whoever the governor is, it, whether it be a Democrat or Republican, when you have vacancies at your uh, county level, county level offices, you know, prosecutor, even a commissioner, if those become um, open or they resign midterm, 
the uh, Central Committee actually holds hearings and interviews to send a recommendation up to the governor. Well, we've had, I've never, we've never seen anything like we've seen here lately where they've run and then all of a sudden they're resigning or they're moving on to judgeship or mm -hmm. something like that. And we have had an influx of people to appoint or to recommend to the governor mm -hmm. for appointment. So, again, your overall role in this is, it, it, I don't want to say it sounds like kind of a policing kind of a type job where you're overseeing various things. And uh, uh, do you recommend people for uh, positions? Do you, uh, uh, you know, evaluate people that are maybe looked at for various positions? What is what is your true role in all of this? Our true, we we really haven't got that involved in the local people that are running. Mm -hmm. um, I, in my opinion, I'm the vice chair. Uh, Jordan Salisbury is the chairwoman of the committee right at the moment. Um, I think we need to be more involved. Right. I think we need to be do a better job of vetting our candidates at our level. Um, it's always been since I've been on the committee. There was a divide years ago, and it was a good fight. Um, the lady that ran the Republican Club also ran the committee and transferred a lot of the committee duties over to the club at the time. So the, uh, but she got to control the committee and who went on up to the state levels for, um, to be uh, part of like your conventions and things at the state, which she liked. I mean, so she could control who went to those by controlling the committee. Right. That's another role. And uh, anyway, slowly but surely, we've kind of started coming back around to where the committee is more involved with the, the politics of Camden County um, that got transferred to the club. The club has, is great. They do a fantastic job. But it's, it's at the point it's not statutorily their duty to do what some of the things they're doing. It's mm -hmm. the committee's. So then um, you've kind of reassumed those duties as far as... Uh, you know, making sure that uh, things are being done properly. Was there any real issue or problem with the way the Republican Club was handling it at the time? Or? They, not not necessarily the way they were handling it. It was the way they were allowed to handle it. Mm -hmm. um, not, nobody ever spoke up because it wasn't an issue. It yeah. seemed to be a non-issue. What became an issue, what really brought the committee back into, um, I hate to say prominence, is are these appointments. Mm -hmm because it's super important for the area um, and it really put a spotlight on us again that we need to be active uh, you know because we had a little split back in our, the first knockdown drag out meeting I was on the committee we had some appointments we never had done it I mean it had been years since we had vacancies and we had two mm -hmm. we had the uh, collector which is Teresa Murray and uh, the auditor Jimmy Laughlin and uh, we had to, after that meeting and the kind of the split on the committee, we kind of had to rebuild the committee. I had no files. I mean, I just, we had one set of bylaws and we had to rebuild the, the folder because we got some people that kind of got a little upset about how things went down and, uh, and kind of stepped away and said, I'm done. I think, the <coughs> I think the basic difference between the club and the committee is the Republican Central Committee is organized by state statute. It is. It's the official thing. It is the Whereas official the thing. the Republican Club is kind of the unofficial gathering of, of re Republicans. Of Republicans. And I've talked to a lot of uh, older Central Committee that served on the Central Committee years ago. And like the Lincoln days, 
that used to be handled by the central committee. Mm -hmm. um, those type of things, like these meetings, the central committee would uh, would do that until the existence of the club. And like I said, a lot of those duties were transferred over to, to the club and uh, and grew that way. And the central committee kind of took a back seat. Mm -hmm. uh, but the uh, these appointments have really put us our, the spotlight on us and uh, and to see the role that we have in the community. And it's pretty important. Mm -hmm. What do you uh, what do you see for the future of the Republican Central Committee? You, you talk about uh, maybe uh, not necessarily being more aggressive, but uh, obviously being more involved in uh, in the process. And certainly, uh, with what's going on across the country, um, the need to uh, be more involved, I think, at this point, is very important. It's super important. Yeah. we've had uh, several. We had a pretty good meeting the last time. I, I introduced a resolution the last meeting that got voted down. Um, it was to hold one of our legislators accountable. Uh, I didn't win that argument, but at least it got the uh, the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. We're talking about it. Um, didn't like the wording that I had in the resolution and that kind of thing. I wanted to do it in person. You know. There is a little struggle going, you know, still going on about how things really need to operate. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I like all these people. I smiled. I went on. I, you know, it's just part of the process. Uh, I don't get mad at anybody. Anybody can walk through my door and we can talk politics or cars, either one. <laughs> and I'm not going to get mad at you. I mean, some of the Democrats come through my door and say, hey, you know, uh, we need to work on this. Uh, I worked with several cross-party lines with the uh, audit of the county. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, a couple of us got together and said, hey, this needs to happen. Well, maybe that's, and, and in a particular instance like that, John, I would think that that almost makes sense. I mean, you want both parties represented when it comes to an audit. Oh, absolutely. So there's nobody, I mean, I welcome it because the uh, different opinions, uh, you get things done on certain things like that. When it comes to Central Committee, it's definitely party lines. Yeah. I'm in there uh, with everybody else, and I still think where I think a split that we have sometimes is uh, we need to hold our own accountable. It's not just holding Democrats accountable. we got to hold our own accountable. Yeah, if you're really representing Republicans, then you need to right. make sure and your when candidates, they, your, your people in office are, are reflecting Republican reflecting ideals. ideals. And if yeah. they step off a party platform... I, I want to call you out. I used the example when I presented this the other day, Franklin County. And I'll, uh, Dave Schatz is my cousin. He was the Senate pro tem. I spent a lot of time in Jeff City last, uh, last session because I could actually get in his office. No, not many people could get in. Mm -hmm. And uh, everything I went on and told him that this is not a Republican idea, that this goes off party platform, they passed. And he pushed through. Well, the Franklin County Central Committee wrote a resolution about the things that he did to hold him accountable, and they're not going to support him, and that's his area. And we had a lot of local folks. I mean, we've Susie's done a good job. Susie doesn't have a lot of help, um, but our local senator, you know, he could go either way. Uh, we've had issues with him in the past and not, uh, you know, responding, and just like you were talking in the earlier segment. Mm -hmm. Uh, they they get up there, they get in their little bubble, and uh, that's where they stay, even at the state level. Not only at the federal level, they do it at the state level. Try to get into some of these senators that aren't that uh, really want to live in their bubble because they get all these special interests. I mean, if you go up to Jeff City, and we are very unique, and I brought it up several times at the club, we can sit around and complain about what's going on. We're at a great spot here at Lake of the Ozarks, 45 minutes from Jeff City, 
get up there, get involved and testify. These guys love it when you go up and testify at these committee hearings. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where a lot of changes can be made if they see you actually show up and take the time to come up there. You talk about testifying. Have you done? Uh, have you done this before? And if so, what, oh. are, what are some of the things that you've uh, uh, been uh, been well, testifying about? <laughs> one was back in the school board days. I uh, testified at the sta- uh, state board of education. Um, there is a nice video out there of me going toe to toe with one of the board members. Uh, made it on the blaze back in the day with Glenn Beck. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that was uh, kind of exciting and nerve-wracking at the same time. I, I testified against Senate Bill 51 this year twice and made my rounds um, up there about it. So, I, yeah, I, I, I'm involved if something really um, interests me that I, I think doesn't go along the party line and, the, uh, and our platform, I'll mm-hmm. show up and, uh, and testify against it. Um, I, the, the gas tax. Prime, prime example. They made an end run around the Hancock Amendment. That sets a terrible precedent when we're not in control. Mm-hmm. Terrible yeah. precedent. The precedent itself, obviously, but do you think that there is a need for uh, some more money to be going to MoDOT as long as it's utilized for roads, bridges, infrastructure, and not for education and, uh, and signage and things along those lines? That's always the case. Yeah. Anytime a tax is passed as, as the bureaucrats on the back end and how the rules are written to distribute it, dis- yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. That didn't come out right. Well, but uh, um, but yeah, the bureaucrats, are, in my opinion, after being involved all these years, are the ones that can take a really good bill and mess it completely up sure. and there's been no oversight from from our legislators when they do that we're not supposed to have any common core in missouri but the legislators won't hold them accountable we still have common core it's just name something different same way with a lot of these taxes um, sure we need some better roads ab- absolutely but the hancock amendment was set in place to where we vote on it as the as people right do we want taxed more or do we want to go fix our cars at the repair shop? That's our choice. I think that, uh, yeah, you talk about the way it was handled. Uh, I, th- I think, and, and it's, it, it's tough to, to kind of put it into words sometimes, that MoDOT shot themselves in the foot back in, what was it, 92, 93, when they took their 15-year plan and whittled it down to a five-year plan. And that really took a lot of people by surprise or maybe by shock. And nothing against MoDOT, but, you know, people, we count on our roads and our bridges. And, you know, we're hearing more and more every year about uh, the conditions of roads, the conditions of bridges. I mean, they're working on uh, the road on Bagnell Dam right now. They're working on a bridge over here on D Road. Mm-hmm. Um, the governor put uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of $351 million dollars. <laughs> into uh you know either uh replacing or uh, uh, reinstating uh, or, or, or uh, renovating some of these bridges but you have to look at it like everything else i mean they're given a budget to work with every year and uh, like most things uh prices go up and they have to be able to deal with it however i think the missouri the people in the state of missouri have sent them a, a clear-cut message year after year time after time they put a valid issue on there that they uh missourians have shut it down shot it down basically 
So I think it's kind of like what you said, John, in the sense that, you know, come to us with something that makes sense. Don't fill it up with a bunch of pork. Don't, you know, if, if you want the money because you need the money to do the job, then just make that crystal clear. Stick to your guns on that. Don't say, you know, we're going to, part of it's going to go to education. We're going to have pamphlets for this and signs for, you know, don't look at your phone while you're driving, distracted driving. Take the money and use it for what it needs to be used for. That would cure a lot of things at our state level. Uh, unfortunately, it just doesn't happen that way. It doesn't. These omnibus bills that they pass with all this stuff jammed in is where we get all this extra spending and splitting it up. Um, it just, and it, it doesn't need to happen that way. Well, I hope that uh, you folks continue to uh, do the good work that you're doing and staying on top of people because I think a lot of times that's where uh, the problems happen. That's where the problems occur. We don't hold people's feet to the fire. We don't hold them uh, accountable for the decisions that they make. Are they in the best interest of the constituents or are they in the best interest of special interest? And that's that's that that's <laughs> that's the big key. Yeah. And we see that special interest because they have the money. And the lobbyists that are up there in Jefferson City or Washington, D.C., well, mainly uh, Jefferson City, because that's where you go a lot, and that's mm -hmm. where you go to encourage a lot uh, of people to... Uh, do you have a lot of the same people testifying on various things? Would you like to see more people getting more people, involved? They need to be more people need to be involved. Yeah. I mean, we have a big retirement community here. They are, they, they're the ones that show up to our uh, committee meetings and to the Republican Club for the most part. Mm -hmm. We do, we have with the, uh, with we the people, it's starting to get the younger crowd uh, involved again. Uh, education has woke up that crowd a lot. Um, COVID has definitely woke up that younger crowd. I mean, it's awakened a beast, I think, sure. in the younger folks and about how things really operate. Um, we we do have a prime opportunity if it interests you or the bill trackers legiscan is great to track these bills at the state and right. read that stuff uh instead of complaining after the fact when it's too late get involved early uh these guys everybody thinks it's crazy you know they get really nervous they are just people when they get when you go uh testify mm -hmm. i mean i was sitting in front of a room full of attorneys on the Judiciary Committee. I'm a car dealer. I don't know anything better than how to sell a car. Um, that's what I do well. But you got two minutes. I was there 22 minutes testifying because I interacted with them. I got them, I kind of made them mad a little bit, which was my, my goal, but they started asking me questions sure. as a business owner. Sure. And when you, when you get that interaction, then they it, your two minutes become the 20-some minutes. Right. And they can really see where you're coming from, understand why you don't want this. You can't do that in two minutes. But if you can interact, and a lot of them will, ev the, everybody come down after that uh, hearing, even though they passed it out of committee and the governor, and, and they, they got what they wanted with that bill, which is okay. I mean, but at least to try, I tried. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole key. The more that try we'll get this corrected. Definitely. Well, before we let you go, um, if folks would like to get involved with the Republican Central Committee, the Republican Club, how can they do that? Our meeting, we got We have a meeting coming up this uh, September 20, uh, what is that, 22nd, uh -huh. um, here at the Key. Mm -hmm. We are holding, it will be a, it'll start out as an open meeting and go 
pretty quick into a closed meeting because this is one of the appointments that we have coming up for the uh, public administrator. Right. Nancy Douglas is stepping down at the end of October. So we have uh, right now we have five applicants that we have to interview and give our recommendation to the governor. The way that operates, the governor does not have to take our recommendation. Um, normally, they go with what central committees want because it's our area. But they, you know, by statute, they don't have to go with our recommendations. So, but it, it holds a lot of weight with the governor. I have the meeting as the 22nd, am the I 22nd, wrong? The 22nd, Wednesday. Twin, yes. Okay, right? did I say 21st? You I said 22nd. Said okay. Oh, I'm just making sure. Yeah. I'm not very good at calendars. Let's give, let's, okay, <laughs> let's give the definite date and time and location September one more time. September 22nd, 6 o'clock, key gathering place. That's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. Good. Okay, and part of that meeting is public. Part of that meeting is public. And, and then when you actually go into your private meeting, that's to do the recommendations. To do the interviews. Interviews, mm -hmm. yes. John Becker, thank you so much for your time, You're sir. Welcome. I know you've Anytime. got some business to uh, attend to. <laughs> uh, keep us in the loop, and uh, we want to get you back here once uh, various issues uh, begin to surface. And, uh, you know, you want to get people on board to make sure that they're aware of what's going on and getting them engaged in the process, as you said, it's huge. If you don't participate, if you don't get engaged, then complaining after the fact really uh, holds no, no water. No water whatsoever. None whatsoever. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Hey, we're going to jump into our information block. It is 932. Stacy Johnson is standing by with a check of local news from Lake Expo on 89.3 The Key. This is your chance to get involved in community radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3 The Key. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Thursday, September 9th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Springfield has been ranked the fifth most dangerous area for violent and property crime. The analysis was done by safewise.com using data reported from cities to the FBI. Safewise.com found that the most dangerous cities tended to have higher poverty rates, lower spending on community services, and higher unemployment. Although these statistics aren't keeping people from the area, a majority of the most dangerous cities saw population growth in 2021. Springfield Armory is donating guns and equipment to the City of Lake Ozark Police Department. Springfield Armory CEO Dennis Reese is donating enough weapons and equipment to equip every officer of Lake Ozark Police. Reese and his family have long been involved with the Bagnell Dam Strip and said in a statement that we wanted to do our part giving back to the area, helping to protect the strip for families to enjoy. A car crashed into the Kaiser Post Office on Highway 4 42 early Tuesday morning. The damage appeared to be localized to the entryway of the building. The post office didn't close after the incident and is currently still open for customers. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. The artichoke heart is about peeling back the layers and getting to the heart of what really matters in life, parenting, faith, and wellness. You will find purposeful parenting topics, inspirational family stories, homeschool tips, book and game reviews, recipe and wellness posts, and so much more. Our three hosts are Ruth Harris, Maggie Butterfield, and Gretchen Peters. They can't wait to connect with you and share their hearts. Listen to The Artichoke Heart Wednesdays and Sundays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. on Key Radio 89.3 FM.
Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters, and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niangua River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. The goal of Key Radio is to offer the community an opportunity to share information and to express their ideas and opinions. Key Radio presents a platform for all types of information. We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3 The Key. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center. Why are there so many different interpretations of scripture and theology? The Apostle Paul wrote to the early church in Philippians 2.2 saying, Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other and working together with one mind and purpose. Nevertheless, Christians disagree over basic Bible teachings about creation, the nature of God, and prophecies regarding the last days. I just read one scholar's opinion blaming our disagreements on lack of true faith, poor teaching in the church, and corruption by the world. Basically, negative things. Let me instead offer a positive reason. Christians think for themselves about their faith. We are called to study the word and ponder what it means, and that leads to subtle disagreement. Nevertheless, we agree in our commitment to Jesus Christ. The many interpretations of scripture divides the church at a time when we need unity more than ever. Thankfully, you can fix this. Set aside your theories and favorite teachers and read the Bible for clarity. The Lake of the Ozarks Community Radio Station. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. Welcome back. 938, you are listening to The Daily Show. And, uh, you know, we had John Beckett lined up as a guest, Bill. And uh, I'll tell you what, the the show just kind of fell into our laps this morning. Yeah, everything (laughs) kind of worked together. It's nice having an audience and having people spontaneously come up and... It all fits. We had uh, Stephanie on. We had uh, Jenny on. We had John on. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to be talking with Mo Dot at about 8.40. Bob Lynch, and I believe Mm -hmm. uh, he'll be bringing back uh, the gentleman that is the uh, man in charge of the project over there on uh, uh, the Bagnell Dam, Jacob Gressley. Which has now started and taking place. And and I I kind of feel for those people who are planning on coming down to the Lake of the Ozarks. And they have no idea that that project is going on. And the first time that they start down, you know, they pull off a 54 and they get on a business 54 to go down uh, over the dam. And then they see all the signage 
what kind of a there's there could be a lot of cars going around in the roundabout <laughs> yeah and we have hot summer nights going on too so it'll be a natural place to stop and turn around and stay for a while <laughs> yeah and uh, again i don't think there's any you know you, you've got to keep in mind a lot of different things regarding that particular project weather being the biggest one because uh, depending on what they're doing and how they're doing it, certain uh, materials that they use uh, are uh, subject to weather. And so you have to uh, kind of keep that in mind. And I, I don't think it was their intent at any point to intentionally close the dam down so, uh, you know, we can't uh, can't utilize it. But you got to do it at some point in order to uh, make things work. Yeah, so, go ahead. Got to do it before the risk of frost comes in and Absolutely. all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. 67 degrees is where we are on our way to a high today of around, oh, 82 degrees before it is all said and done. We'll drop down to 61. Plenty of sunshine today, a clear sky tonight. Then uh, tomorrow looks like, again, clear, a high of 90, a low of 69. We'll get into uh, what could be considered kind of the dog days on Saturday and Sunday. And then on Monday, uh, a high of around 92, 88 on Tuesday, 79 on Wednesday. And then we'll start to kind of get into a bit of a pattern where we're uh, enduring low to mid-80s throughout uh, the rest of uh, what looks to be the month of September here, a good portion of it. But don't be surprised if that all changes for one reason or another. So uh, we've got a check of sports coming up with uh, Chris Schneider from uh, Lake TV. Also, a big thanks again to uh, Stephanie from uh, Firefly Valley Farms, providing us with some great coffee this morning. And uh, you can find more about what they do at FireflyValleyFarms.com. Call them locally at 573-836-5352. Chris Schneider with our final check of sports here on The Key on 89.3. Lake TV pregame. At 6.30, kickoff at 7 o'clock. Of course, new coach there for the Osage Indians this year is Shannon Jolly. He's actually been the head coach at both Osage and Eldon before, so he knows this rivalry well, and everywhere Coach Jolly goes, he seems to build good programs. He's got a great track record. Well, I think the thing that's indicative of the programs that I've been fortunate to lead is is we've uh, been committed to building in what I say the right way is being patient, not look for band-aids, but look for solutions and trying to fix things that are um, that can sustain themselves. And there's longevity in the program. And that's what I've been proud of. You know, when, when I've left programs or, or moved on, those programs continue to do well. And that's a tribute to all of the coaches and everybody around the program um, about, you know, encouraging our players to follow and do the right things. Also tomorrow night, 2-0 Camdenton on the road to play Parkview, and Versailles at 1-1 will be at Hallsville. College football Saturday, 1-0 Mizzou will be on the road to play Kentucky. The MSU Bears will be at home to play Central Arkansas. Of course, the Chiefs play their season opener Sunday against the Browns. Kansas City, a favorite to get it done there. They'll be home to Cleveland, then at Baltimore and home to the Chargers in the month of September. September. Baseball, it's the Cardinals closing out that four-game series at home against the Dodgers today. The Royals closing out a four-game series in Baltimore. KB, plenty of sports. Back to you. Thank you, Chris Schneider. Appreciate the uh, opportunity to find out what's going on. A lot of folks getting excited about the NFL season. And, uh, well, a little controversy already surrounding the NFL, <clears throat> excuse me, as to whether or not they are going to honor the memory of 
uh, memories of the 13 Marines that were uh, killed in Afghanistan. There uh, was some concern as to whether or not they'll, uh, they'll do that uh, for the first game, uh, the first series of games that will take place uh, coming up uh, tonight and then uh, throughout the weekend. But um, I, I guess they were asked about it. An NFL official was asked about that. And they said, uh, well, they're not quite sure right now. Or uh, Really, there was no response. So that's not a yes, that's not a no. But I think a lot of, as they say, inquiring minds want to know. Yeah, you know, it's, I, I have mixed feelings. It's, we kind of like our sports people to just stay out of politics and um, current you events, wish they would. I guess. You're yeah, right. you wish you In this case, it's though it's kind of like an extension of 9-11 celebrations and remembering people who gave their lives for the country and you'd kind of like that recognized it's that's not political that's really just patriotic well as many uh as many folks have done you know uh uh, i mentioned the display that they had at the last home uh, football game the lakers uh, home football game they had a uh, a tribute a memorial of sorts set up uh, out there on the track they had a table with uh, all of the uh pictures of the Marines that were killed, mm -hmm. uh, American flags next to them. It was done very respectfully, very tastefully. And it was just kind of, nobody really brought any attention to it. Nobody said anything, hey, go down there and check out this or check out that. But people saw it. People were taking videos of it, taking pictures of it. I took a picture of it and posted it on Facebook because I thought it was very well done. And whoever came up with that idea, you know, should be commended because I think it's important to remember these men and women who, uh, they died in the, the, the prime of their lives. Uh, they hadn't even really lived life, uh, to be quite honest with and you. And it was spontaneous, it was timely, and it was heartfelt. Yes. And uh, so many times when somebody like the NFL, not to pick on them, does it, it's like a contrived, take opportunistic thing, I guess. I, I, I kind of like the heartfelt we like to go to, uh, you know, the football game, and we like to hear the national anthem, and we like to see the flag displayed. Mm -hmm. And then if it's a professional uh, football game, normally they have a flyover or something like that. I know mm -hmm. with Whiteman Air Force Base right down the road from uh, uh, Chief Stadium, Arrowhead Stadium there, uh, it's, it's not hard to have a, a B-2 flyover or, or some A-10s mm -hmm. or some helicopters uh, because uh, they're all right there and, and, and very easily accessible. But here's something that's really interesting about a flyover, and I don't know if you knew this or not. They do cost money, yeah. Uh, and they are they are uh, the bill, I guess, if you want to call it that, is footed by the taxpayers. And so there was a campaign, and I, and I can't remember how many years ago, uh, but there was somebody, in, and, and I'll have to find the article that was just irate as all get out. Uh, because, you know, while everybody's cheering and the plane's flying overhead, nobody understands and realizes all the, the various pieces and parts that go into a flyover. Mm -hmm. It's not just they take off from Whiteman, fly over, and go back and land. It's, they have to literally shut down the airspace over Kansas City and surrounding areas for a, a, a certain uh, you know, amount of square miles or what have you so that you don't have any stray planes flying into that. And, and mm -hmm. that's not just for military aircraft. That's, uh, they also have a group called KC Flight, which uh, has been at the air show over the years, and they're a formation uh, group. They fly formations, and they have to do the same thing for them or anybody. And uh, if you wander into that airspace, you better have a pretty darn good reason 
because uh, you can get in a lot of trouble from the FAA. Yeah. Obviously, the cities have a lot more necessity for having those kind of regulations. I mean, here in the Ozarks, we have unofficial flyovers all the time. You know? <laughs> uh, and, you know, that's kind of interesting that you mention that because uh, I've been out on the water before when uh, they had the uh, A-10s flyover, mm -hmm. and uh, you wave at them sometimes, and... Uh, the hard deck is 500 feet, and I would be uh, lying if I didn't say that maybe they were below the hard deck uh -huh. just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And it's really cool and, and nice to see. And you wave at them, and then they, uh, they'll they tip the wings to you and, and, and kind of wave back. All right. Uh, you see, uh, <laughs> once in a while, you see the big, uh, uh, big cargo planes fly over. They have an event that they do where they fly up to, I guess there's a base up around St. Joseph, Missouri, and then they'll fly over the Ozarks, and I've seen them, you know, I've been out in a grocery store parking lot, and they flew over, and that was pretty exciting because there was about four or five of them. And they, again, I think they were being uh, the big uh, cargo planes, the big transports, they definitely have to stay above the hard deck. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You get the, uh, the Black Hawk helicopters that fly over once in a while. Uh, you get the Chinooks that fly over once in a while, and uh, and on occasion you do get uh, maybe an F-15, uh, F-16 that's out testing, and then that's uh, more often than not when you hear people complaining on social media about the sonic boom. Yeah, I guess that's why the the people on the East Coast call us the flyover country. Is we have flyovers all the time. I, I I don't necessarily. I, I don't know that. You know, we'll have to get some confirmation. We'll have to call the Air Force and get some confirmation on that. Uh, I, uh, I think flyover country essentially means that, uh, yeah, they, you just fly right over us yeah, and nobody you don't, stops. You don't, nobody stops here, no. <laughs> we're, we're, they've got better things to do to get out to the East Coast and the West Coast. They're not concerned at all about the Midwest. Hmm. Uh, an article I saw here, and I noticed they're, uh, they're doing this again where they're uh, taking copies of their, their paper. This is called the Lake Leader and uh and uh, distributing them uh, the way you know we were subscribers of the post dispatch in st louis for a lot of years and they would drive by the guy would drive by and throw it out mm, and, you know yeah. you're on your driveway or your front lawn or wherever and you know people would pick them up and you would uh, take them in and, and read them but a lot of these and and i feel bad for these folks because sometimes i think that you know People just don't really pay attention to it. They they see it there. They they don't bend down to pick it up. They run over it or gets. Uh, yeah, I remember uh, used to passing houses where there'd be like twenty of them in the yard. Exactly, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but one of the articles and uh, something that uh, I had talked about when this initially uh, come uh, had had come out, uh, and I contacted uh, uh, the department of, uh, Department of Natural Resources here in the state of Missouri, and also reached out to the EPA which they have a branch office in, uh, in the Kansas City area. It was um, about this, uh, this topic of the Lake of the Ozarks being added to the list of impaired waterways. I don't know if you saw anything no, on that. No, no. Well, this was something that came out in November of last year. And uh, the EPA had uh, put this out for public comment. They were going to give people an opportunity to weigh in on, on the decision one way or the other. Uh, or at least just add their thoughts to this before making any recommendations. But they have yet to make a recommendation as to whether or not the Lake of the Ozarks uh, will be added to the list of impaired waterways. Essentially, there's about, uh, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of 38 bodies of water in the state that they're looking at because of this uh, chlorophyll A, which is uh, 
uh, conducive to producing a lot of algae. Algae, sure, yeah. yeah. And I mean, our water does get pretty warm in the summertime. It certainly does. You're absolutely right. Surface water temperature, uh, if you uh, are somebody who checks on that, uh, you're absolutely right. It does get rather warm. But uh, we've also got a good group here at the Lake of the Ozarks, and I know sometimes they catch a little flack, but uh, Lake of the Ozarks Watershed Alliance, Donna Swall heads that up, and uh, they do regular testing uh, here at the Lake of the Ozarks. As a matter of fact, I actually went out with them when they were conducting uh, some of their testing where they uh, checked the uh, the water as far as, uh, you know, the, uh, the clarity of it. You put something into the water, how far mm-hmm. down can you lower mm-hmm. it before you lose sight of it. They'll take samples. Uh, they'll filter the samples. They'll uh, freeze the samples, and then they send that all to, I believe, the University of Missouri for them to, uh, to take a look at it. But, again, um, you know, you're talking about this chlorophyll A, in the Lake of the Ozarks, as well as Truman Lake. It said it exceeds Missouri's nutrient criteria that uh, could impact uh, the health, uh, I guess, of people that, uh, you know, get in the lake. I remember a few years ago, there used to be a lot of stories about the ducks and geese in the the parks, and that all had to do with that... uh, E. coli. Yeah, E. coli, and I think it's all related, but I haven't heard about ducks and geese in a long time. That, that story kind of went away. Well, because I think they're coming at it now from a new angle. They're, 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 they're trying to uh, uh, look at this as, as, a, uh, as a problem or maybe make something out of it that is bigger than it really you know, truly is. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, and, it's like any other uh, lake or river that you go to. They all have... Um, E. coli and bacteria and chlorophyll problems, and you just try not to drink too much of it when you're swimming. <laughs> That's very true. If, yeah. if you get knocked out of your canoe, make sure you close your mouth. Uh-huh. However, I think, again, this is more or less, and, and they don't come right out and say it, and I even ask the people, you know, is it about the federal government assuming control of our waterways in the states? We've got a DNR, and I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> What, whatever type of mandates or whatever type of uh, rules and regulations are coming down from the feds uh, at the level of the EPA down to DNRs across the uh, country. But I think we're probably the best <clears throat> at regulating our waterways, whether it's a lake, whether it's a stream, whether it's a river, whether it's a creek, because the waterways obviously differ from, uh, let's just say, the upper Midwest around Michigan and Minnesota. Uh, through the Midwest, and then you get down into uh, the southern United States, and especially states like maybe Alabama or Louisiana that are made up of of the bayou Mm. system. And then you have uh, the water out there in the Gulf that feeds some of this as well. Yeah, and and there's certainly some interstate basis to this. I mean, the Mississippi River is a big watershed that covers like a third of the country. Yes. But by the time water gets from Lake of the Ozarks to the main Mississippi, lots of stuff has changed. And it's a very different environment by the time you get there. So. Well, it's not called the muddy Mississippi yeah. for no reason. Right. We're not muddy here, especially. <laughs> well, you know, but, but I look at this and I think, you know, what a great way to create a new crisis. And you, you were mentioning the geese and the ducks and uh, the E. coli. Well, the newspapers, the media in Kansas City and St. Louis just ate that up. They mm-hmm. made it seem like... Uh, the E. coli was a lake-wide problem, and, you know, if you got in the lake, there was a good p- possibility you could encounter E. coli and uh, all, of the, all of the things that they were doing to make folks uh, 
maybe a little scared about swimming in the Lake of the Ozarks, kind of like the movie Jaws, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go into the water or it's, whatever. It, it's kind of fascinating because there's kind of this love-hate relationship. A lot of our uh, vacationers are from St. Louis and Kansas City. They obviously love the lake, mm-hmm. but they also love to uh, kind of do stories about what's wrong at the lake, too. <laughs> so it kind of cuts both ways. Yes, and in our, uh, our, uh, our pursuit of trying to promote the Lake of the Ozarks, uh, you know, maybe that's something that we should be talking about. Uh, and, and, and I think it's a valid point. You know, it's great to come down here and play golf. It's great to get out and go boating, to stay at the resorts, the shopping, the food, all the fun stuff you can do here at the Lake of the Ozarks. But maybe that is an angle that needs to be pursued when marketing the Lake of the Ozarks. You know what? Our water isn't as bad as everybody makes it out to be as, as far as the E. coli, as far as, uh, you know, what we're dealing with now. And the EPA hasn't even made a decision as to whether or not to add the Lake of the Ozarks and Truman Lake to the list of uh, impaired waterways. I guess I, I, I don't know what they're waiting on, if they're, they're waiting on more yeah. testing or what. I mean, if it was truly impaired, we wouldn't have such a great fishing lake. And, I mean, they, you can tell a lot from the wildlife. And why <laughs> now? And why now? Why is, why is now the time to start talking about this? I mean, if it was such a, such a big deal, why not uh, talk about it uh, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. 15 years ago, 20 years ago? Well, it wasn't as big of a problem then. Well, it's not as big of a problem now because there are people that are out there. You know, people make, and I see this more and more here at the Lake of the Ozarks, that people make a conscious effort to try and do things that, are positive when it comes to the lake. You know, uh, they talk about the soil erosion uh, and, and making sure you have trees and plants in your yard to retain the soil so every time it rains, all that doesn't end up in the water. Uh, you know, in, in, in the types of chemicals that you use, maybe to fertilize your yard or other chemicals that don't end up in the lake. Uh, you know, you've had the shoreline cleanup going on, and I don't even know if I haven't heard as to whether or not they're going to do the fall cleanup or not. I haven't looked, to be quite honest with mm-hmm. you. But people making a conscious effort to protect the lake for future generations. And, and I think this lake in particular, I don't know what they do on other lakes, but this lake in particular, certainly there are a lot of people that have made a conscious effort to get out and uh, pick up trash and keep it clean and you know, they're not pulling as many batteries out of the lake and small cars and refrigerators mm-hmm. and everything else that people haphazardly throw in. Now, you've you got the guy that, uh, I guess, uh, is, is in trouble for uh, uh, dumping raw sewage in the lake. But that's a good thing. He's in trouble for it. Yes. People notice when something wrong is done and they correct it. Well, there was a whistleblower involved, mm-hmm. and the whistleblower called him out, and apparently the guy got angry about it, but it didn't stop there. And so this guy is uh, going to be handled by uh, the proper authorities on this particular situation. Yeah, I, I grew up in, <clears throat> in New York State and uh, lived on the Hudson River. And there was a time back in the 50s and 60s when the Hudson River was just terribly polluted. It, it's kind of a unique liver, it, a river. It's called a, an estuary, uh-huh. which means it's affected by the ocean uh, tides. So 100 miles up the river where I lived you would still get tides rising and falling every day. And that meant there was a lot of backwash from New York City. So it got to be very polluted, but the state just took it on as a project, and they corrected some of the pollution that was going into the river. They, they got with municipalities and made sure they were handling their sewage correctly. They got with factories and prevented them from dumping their uh, contaminants in the river. 
And in 20 years' time, it just became a pristine river. And uh, fishing began to thrive again, and it's, it's now completely recovered. And it's not necessary for the federal government to get involved in that. Local people know better, and they want to take care of their own thing. And I think you're absolutely right. And I think it, it will be handled that way when government entities and groups and organizations get the heck out of the way and let the people, you know, farmers know what they're doing along waterways. Mm -hmm. uh, people that live along these waterways know what they're doing and how to handle it. So let them take care of it. We are uh, just about ready to wrap it up for the Thursday edition. Bill Munhausen, thank you for uh, joining me this morning. Yeah, good show again. Thanks to Jenny Brinkman. Thanks to uh, uh, John Beckett. Thanks to everybody who took the time to be on the program. Tomorrow, we'll hear from uh, the Missouri Department of Transportation. Also, Dave Maupin, who has the blog Among the Dogwoods. Okay. He will be on this program as well to uh, kind of explain his blog and talk about